Hello and welcome to the SR Big Thinkers podcast. This is episode number six. Hello everybody and welcome to the SR Big Thinkers podcast where I speak with experts from around the world who share their amazing ideas, insights and perspectives on the impact that digital transformation will have on business and international affairs. In this episode, I speak with Jamin Edis, the CEO and co-founder of Dash, a company that connects your smartphone to your car. Stay tuned for this talk because it's absolutely fascinating and Jamin covers some really great and fascinating topics such as how the Internet of Things will eventually incentivize safer driving, how the insurance industry and connected cars will interlink, how the Internet of Things will track drivers and make driving safer overall, greener and smarter, how connected cars will take the complexity away from driving and also why the terms of use for Internet of Things companies have to be opt-in. So stay tuned for this talk with Jamin Edis. Jamin, thank you so much for being with us here on the Big Thinkers podcast. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, I'm, what I'm really wondering and what the audience is wondering now, if you can just tell us a little bit about your backstory. How did you come to the connected car area? Yeah, so myself and my co-founder, Brian Langle, we started the company in the summer of 2012. I think what got us excited about this space were uh, both uh, professional uh, perspective, but also our personal perspective. So professionally, you know, Brian and I are, are technologists. We've spent uh, together about 25 years of uh, cumulative experience in consumer technology, digital media, communications, and we were very, very excited about this trend of Internet of Things, connected devices, uh, data, uh, really enhancing how people uh, go about their daily lives. So we got excited by things like the Nike Fuel and Fitbit for physical activity training, um, Nest and Dropcam to connect the home. And so we saw a huge opportunity with, uh, with cars and automotive. It's a, it's a sector that is really behind the curve in terms of software, um, use of mobile solutions, and harnessing of data. Um, it takes about seven years for technology to go from the lab 
in automotive companies to hit the streets. And at that point, it's fairly obsolete, especially if you think about operating systems and software. So we, when we realized that there was a way that we could connect to the vehicle via this little device called an OBD, an onboard diagnostic device, that would work on any car on the road in the U.S. since 1996 and uh, 2001 in the European Union and various other times around other markets, um, and this is the device that a user can insert themselves as easily as a USB uh, device, essentially. It goes under your steering wheel, pair it with Bluetooth to your phone, and then you're gathering information on the engine performance. So when we realized that there was this kind of over-the-top way that we could access that data, um, we realized that we could build a product you know, without having to cut these large BD deals uh, with OEMs. Uh, and that got us hugely excited. We saw an opportunity to really innovate and disrupt the uh, software and data side of automotive. Um, so that's what we set out to build. And uh, Brian and I, we have backgrounds in both hardware and software and creating mobile solutions. So we brought a lot of that learning um, uh, to, to, to bear when we started the company and started developing the product. Um, and he and I have both built hardware, software, data solutions um, at HBO, which is where we met. HBO, the TV company over here in the U.S., they have a big boxing sports franchise. Well, when we were there, I was VP of Emerging Technology R&D. Brian's a software developer, senior software developer. We'd worked together on a project very similar to Nike Fuel, but creating hardware for boxers to wear under their gloves to infer speed and force from a variety of sensors. We patented that. We were granted that patent. Um, but we'd done it for physical activity tracking. Brian had worked for previously Union Pacific Railroad here in the U.S., and uh, he had done a, a hardware software data play to do uh, route optimization, cargo tracking, but for the you know, old-fashioned railroads. Um, I'd worked in fleet management back in the day, also in insurance, uh, also uh, a lot with mobility for people like Sprint and British Telecom. Um, and in, in the interim, Brian at some point had also done a, a, a small startup that created a hardware uh, equipment for scientists to track migration patterns of animals. So we had this very multidisciplinary background that we brought a really fresh pair of eyes and fresh thinking to the automotive space. And I think that's really helped us um, create something that was really very original. This is all really fascinating and it's a really rich and complex introduction, you know, into, into Dash. But I was wondering if you can tell the audience what connected cars actually are and why they're so important. Yeah, connected car is certainly a term that's been thrown around an awful lot over the last two or three years. Um, and, you know, I think uh, on, the one, on the one hand, it's part of a broader Internet of Things trend that we're seeing both in consumer and enterprise, um, again, whether it's the home or industrials. Um, some people use it as a shorthand for simply saying, your car now has a 3G or 4G connection. So a lot of higher-end cars are being sold with that. Uh, they tend to be, frankly, not terribly good value for the, for the, for the driver. Um, but it's for things like having always on for mapping or having you know, streaming a video in the back for the kids or whatever. So some people use it just simply you connect to the internet, period. Um, some people talk about it more of uh, sort of the data and the services being connected back to the OEM or the dealership or the fleet. And that'll be everything from you know, emergency assistance, roadside assistance, uh, through to uh, you know, where you can get uh, maintenance uh, done more easily, uh, if you have a breakdown, etc. Some of those kind of services. Um, we got excited about not only hitting those uh, uh, services, which we think are very important, you know, uh, emergency management, roadside assistance, maintenance, check engine light, you know, oil and gas um, stuff, but we wanted to bring a, a, a creative product that was also very uh, engaging, fun, one that incentivized uh, safer driving, in turn would allow you to save money on gas, repairs, maintenance and insurance, um, and also have this kind of gamified um, uh, this game, gamified functionality that 
would, uh, you know, we score your driving out of 100 and you get rewarded for that and compete against other drivers to see who's a better driver. And I think that's really aligned to the mission uh, of the company, which is making driving smarter, safer, greener, and more affordable. So connected car is a definition that really depends who you're asking. An insurer will use it for usage-based insurance. Uh, a fleet manager will use it for asset tracking. Um, and, and, and from our perspective, it's sort of somewhere in between. That's fascinating. So it sounds like you're not just connecting cars, but you're connecting people as well. Correct. I think that you know, for us, we, we use these uh, OBD devices that pair with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or, um, or SIM-based connectivity. Um, that will extract the data from the CAN bus, which is the, essentially the brain in the car, the computer in the car. Uh, we'll pair it locally to the phone, if it's Bluetooth, for example, and then we'll do some local computation and display of information. We'll also push it to the cloud using your existing data plan on your phone and then bring it back with our API. And so it's, it's a really a sort of, um, an ongoing uh, connection. And we use Dash um, as an application on your personal phone to track you as a driver. So a lot of solutions out there will track fleets or vehicles. We take it from the other end of the equation, which is we're tracking a driver. And I think that that is um, also a fairly unique approach in terms of what others are doing in the industry. Oftentimes, usage-based insurance programs. So over here in the U.S., there's Progressive Insurance. There are companies in Europe like Octo Telematics um, that also do UBI programs. They, they tend to look at how the car is being used on, a sort of, on an aggregate household basis, and that's how they give you premium reductions. Uh, for us, we're, we're, we're trying to track a particular driver, and because we have, uh, we've worked hard to create things like um, automated VIN decoding, that's vehicle ID number, uh, we know what make, model, and year of car you're stepping into. So whereas some car manufacturers have mobile solutions, A, they're very old school, B, they're proprietary, they lock you in. So if you have a BMW app, you can only track it on BMWs of a certain make, model, and year. You know, we can have you if, you, if you have the device in a, in a Toyota and a BMW and a Nissan, we'll track your individual driving, Lawrence, from each one of those vehicles, and you can aggregate your driving behavior over all of those vehicles, as well as isolating performance of a particular, uh, a particular vehicle. So it's a very, very flexible solution, and yes, we're starting from the driver perspective. That's, that's, that's fascinating because you are, it's a human-centric design first, no? You're focusing Absolutely. from the driver first. Absolutely. Yeah, and we spend an awful lot of time making sure that we get the design part and UI part correct. You know, we, we've won awards. Uh, we've had a lot of um, positive stuff in the press um, uh, about our design uh, aesthetic. I think that uh, if you look at a lot of these OEM solutions and fleet solutions, they're really almost reminiscent of 90s desktop-based you know, design aesthetic. Um, we've taken a mobile-first approach, really been inspired by products like Foursquare or Mint.com or you know or Nike Fuel and really try to take the best of them and and provide you with a UI or user experience that's very very compelling um, because we want it to be fun as well. Again, we don't just want it to be you know purely a utility. So I mean, you've been talking about some. You just spoke now about some of the awards that you've won and um, congratulations for those. Um, and people now are just starting to become a little bit more comfortable thinking about the Internet of Things. But what do you think are some of the barriers to the full flourishing of the connected car ecosystem? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think you know people have been talking about um, connected car for a while in the way that they've been talking about connected home for a while. And just because you can do something in the lab in a very tightly controlled R&D uh, scenario, it doesn't mean it works in the real world. I think you need a confluence of variables to be really uh, uh, pulling in parallel simultaneously for these things to work. And I think the timing is really right 
right now, you know, from, from 2012 to where we are now, uh, frankly, since the time that we've been working on this, I think, you know, we've had uh, a perspective where um, this data port, which has been open since 1996, with barely anything done to it, um, there have been some insurance companies starting to leverage that data. Um, the, the OBD devices themselves have become smaller. Um, they've become more affordable. So we work with third-party devices, which are as cheap as $10. Um, they're universally accessible um, because you can buy them on Amazon. Uh, so any, you know, any individual can get this and, in, and install it themselves. Um, people are used to pairing with Bluetooth devices now and sort of controlling physical devices from their phone. And then, of course, smartphone penetration and ubiquitous 3G, 4G connectivity. All of these things needed to be in place uh, before people really had an appetite and there was consumer readiness to do this. I think that's, you know, we're, we're at that tipping point right now. Um, so we certainly solved some of those barriers. You know, f- from our perspective, going in over the top with this device is tremendous because we don't have to ask anyone's permission from a business perspective. We just have to make sure that the consumer is interested in the product that we built. Um, and we've so far proven that we can do that. Um, but obviously, you know, for us to, to get even more embedded in a more um, compelling solution, we are you know, being aggressively courted by a lot of these enterprises to see if we can more tightly integrate our systems and solutions to what they have, be it for insurance, fleet, or OEM or, or, or other um, areas. I think that will only um, cause us to enhance our, our product in the coming year. Mm-hmm. I'm actually really interested in going off on this little segue here. You started talking a little bit about the benefits that people will get from having these connected cars, but could, how will people concretely benefit or be impacted by internet connected cars? Yeah, so I think, you know, the, certainly the way that we use it, our approach, our vision here is the Again, you can make driving smarter by exposing this data, by giving the consumer control over their own information um, and actionable insights. We can make driving smarter, and then it kind of cascades from there, smarter to safer, greener, more affordable, uh, and giving you more control and convenience. So taking those from the top, in the U.S. right now, if we look at safety, um, there are about 4 million accidents every year, and tragically about 35,000 people who die on the road every year. Um, you know, by giving people real-time feedback uh, via the, the Dash uh, product in the car, we're telling them, you know, uh, that we're tracking their trip. Uh, we'll tell them hard brake alert, over-acceleration, uh, speeding alert, all these kinds of things. We're giving them real-time feedback. So it's, a, it's tremendous when we get people who reach out to us directly by email or on social media or on our uh, Google Play reviews, for example, who say, I have made my driving uh, much, much safer based off these real-time prompts. The other thing is if you have something like a check engine light alert, uh, even in a very modern luxury vehicle, a 2015 Audi, it will tell you very, very limited information. It will simply say you have a check engine light issue. Uh, You have to bring that to a mechanic. You have no idea about whether it's critical, whether you need to pull over immediately on the highway, or it could be something as silly as a loose gas cap. So we tell you in real time and in plain English what's wrong, how critical it is, how much it costs to fix in parts and labor so you're not getting ripped off, and where you can get it fixed nearby from a qualified mechanic. So that's also very actionable. We're also tied into Edmunds, which is a big uh, automotive data provider over here in the U.S., that um, because we have the uh, automated VIN decoding, we know what the maintenance schedule should be for your vehicle. We'll tell you if there are any recalls. So that's, again, making things safer. Um, Parents can also set up alerts. Um, So if a kid is driving, you can set up, Curfew alerts, so you can see if they're driving after curfew. You can set up geofence alerts if, you, if they're driving in a neighborhood you don't want them to. Um, if they are driving poorly, you know, speeding or over-accelerating or hard-breaking, you can get those alerts. If there is an extreme event, you know, for example, you decelerate by more than 25 miles an hour in a second or two, that's 
indicative of a, some kind of crash, uh, you can get alerts remotely as well. So that, that's central to our mission. Um, in terms of greener, people uh, on average uh, in the U.S. cars will pump out about eight tons of CO2 every year. Um, we help incentivize uh, uh, more fuel-efficient driving uh, by the reduction of, of poor driving behaviors. Um, we will tell you uh, how you compare trends over time to the EPA estimates over here. Um, and we have had people, again, reach out to us and say, you know, I've increased uh, my miles per gallon by you know, anywhere from three to five miles per gallon. And you roll that up, you know, not only does it save you hundreds of dollars a year, but also it's reducing your carbon footprint. And we're working on, pro on programs to, uh, uh, to, to try and sort of uh, underpin um, our, our green vision and you know, setting up tree planting programs to offset your carbon. Um, people save money on, uh, we have an insurance program running, uh, we're about to start running in Europe, uh, where people will get up to 20, 25 or 30% discount on their insurance if they demonstrate safe driving. Uh, and you can also help save money on, on, on maintenance and, and repairs. So those are some of the ways that we are directly and concretely giving people value. And bear in mind, the consumer product is completely free. Um, the, the, the devices, which we don't make money on, uh, we simply point people to where they can buy them. Um, they start as low as five, ten dollars. Um, we tend to recommend the ones that come in around fifty or sixty dollars in terms of build quality and, and uh, data throughput. But uh, that essentially pays for itself the first time you have a problem. Um, so I, I think we we deliver tremendous value, and you know where we see the business, you know, in terms of monetization, is more on the enterprise side. So where we are right now, and and what we've been committed to since launch in January of last year, two thousand fourteen, has been to offer a free consumer service, which is high high value. It sounds like what you're trying to do, and I think within the connected car ecosystem more generally, is to take the complexity away from driving and just make everything more like simpler. Because I yeah. can imagine that this would be incredibly useful for just the vast majority of lay people that don't want to learn how to be a mechanic and do want to do their bit for the environment, but don't know anything about um, um, kind of complex carbon saving um, programs or processes yeah I, I think that there is a um, you know as a, as a behavior a daily behavior uh, again in the US the metrics are um, people will spend an hour a day in their vehicle they may drive you know around 10,000 miles a year um, they spend an awful lot of money you know depending on the type of car you've got around your fixed and variable costs it might be you know anywhere from eight to fifteen thousand dollars a year as well so it's, it's expensive it's polluting uh, it can be dangerous uh, and it can be complex. You know, a car is essentially a computer on wheels these days, and there are 30,000 moving parts. Most people have no idea what to do if the engine light goes off, if they have a flat tire, how often to change the oil. We give you all of that stuff in, in, in easily accessible, understandable, uh, real-time uh, insights. And so, you know, we're trying to give you control over that. Uh, and then all of that in turn saving you money and making you safer on the road. So that's absolutely right. We, we are demystifying it. You know, telematics, which is vehicle driving data, telematics solutions have been around for, you know, a couple of decades now, certainly in the trucking business and the fleet management business. Um, we are really one of the first who are trying to tackle the consumer telematics approach um, and, and giving all of that power uh, and data and insights to an everyday user. And so far, it seems to be resonating uh, very, very well with our user base. I'm also wondering, actually, in terms of the wider businesses that are looking to get into the Internet of Cars or the connected car um, space, how do you think that other businesses can use your, like the connected car platform? Now, I know that you've built an, an API so that other companies can build on top of that. 
How do you think that they can create business value from this space? Yeah, so we, yes, you're absolutely right. We do have an API. You know, we consider what we're doing as a three-sided business. We have a consumer business, which you're familiar with. We have the developer API, and we also have enterprise clients. And um, you know, the, the, the developer API as it stands right now, uh, obviously we use the API ourselves for our, for our own consumer um, solution. Um, so that's been sort of stress tested and it's very robust, very scalable. Uh, but an independent third party developer can also use it. They can sign up on our website, get a developer key, and start building. And we also have more accessible ways of, of stitching together web services by using channels like if, which is if this, then that. So if you go to ifttt.com slash dash, um, you'll be able to you know, uh, back up all your drive data to Google, uh, to Google, to Google Drive, or to to Excel. You'll be able to share your trips on Twitter. You'll be able to you know, back it up for expense reporting and stuff like that. Um, but if if you you know if we want to work, or if an insurance company or OEM wants to work with us, obviously we will leverage the API. But more typically, those are much more hands-on, customized solutions. Uh, where we're working together with them, we're integrating into their databases. We're building custom functionality for them, you know, up to and including uh, changing the UI. So we have this kind of powered by Dash uh, line of business where companies can use their existing brands or product sets and enhance that with a with a powered by Dash uh, set of technology. Are you seeing, Jamin, some um, kind of security or privacy challenges? Um, within the connected car um, ecosystem, like you were talking about yes. how useful it would definitely be to track drivers and to track their performance, especially in something like a car where the risk for accidents is quite high. But are you seeing any security or privacy challenges with that? Certainly, it's, it's been talked about in the, in the industry. Uh, you know, people probably not aware that right now, regardless of whether you have something like Dash or any other connected mobile software uh, that you've opted into, uh, the car companies are already gathering an awful lot of data on you. In fact, what we do is we shine a light we, we, you know, with the transparency of, of showing you all your data uh, in your hand. Uh, we, we're showing you, like, you should know that the car companies have all of this data on you. Uh, and so we're actually empowering the users by giving them access to that. That's number one. Secondly, we take privacy and security very, 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 very uh, uh, carefully. We treat it very carefully. Um, we have very explicit privacy statements, uh, terms of service. Everything is opt-in. So, you know, some social services, uh, it'll always be default to share all that information. With us, it's the inverse of that. So if you want to compare your driving to your friends and family or others in your, you know, with a similar vehicle, you have to opt into that leaderboard functionality. If you want to share, you know, your trip on a social network, you have to explicitly opt into that. We'll never share that data without your explicit opt-in, um, and certainly your not your uh, your PII, personally identifiable information. So that's uh, it's paramount to us, uh, and for us down the line, you know, if we if we look to connect you as a driver to an insurance discount, for example, in the future, what we would do is, in this case, you know, I would track you, Lawrence, for three or six months again with your with your explicit opt-in, like you've agreed to, to use Dash, and we'll show you that over the last three or six months, you've you've consistently got uh, over 85 Dash score out of 100, and therefore, here are three insurance companies who've pre-qualified you for a discount. Are you interested in, in connecting with them? If, if that is valuable to you, then you'll say, yes, I'm interested in connecting with insurance company A, and then we will share your data with them, and they'll connect to you, give you a discount, and, you know, it's a, all, all parties are happy, but that will never be done. None of your PIO information will be shared without your explicit opt-in. We may have to, um, for, for our own analysis, we do anonymized, aggregated reports 
um, you know, to see what BMW drivers are compared to Audi drivers, but that, that's where it stops unless you opt in. As it pertains to security, uh, just to be clear, the, this data port is open in your vehicle. Uh, it has been since 1996 in the US, 1998 in Canada, 2001 in Europe. Uh, it's open regardless. So anyone, you can you can get a device and plug it in there and connect it to another service. Uh, it, it's nothing that we control. There is this gene- generic data which is pumped out of that port anyway. And most typically, people have seen that access by mechanics when they go in for a repair. So, um, you know, there's very, very limited stuff that you can do with that port from a bi-directional perspective. Um, you know, so if you have the proprietary codes from the OEMs, which they sell to mechanics, you can do certain sort of, you know, tests to run the windscreen wipers or unlock the vehicle, stuff like that. We have no control over that. Um, I think that in Europe, there have been a few um, security consultants who, who, who've managed to have some limited access to, uh, to functionality in the vehicle uh, by sort of hacking it. it. It's not anything that, that we uh, you know, expose any um, uh, access to that control via the Dash app that one couldn't get just by plugging a computer in that device. So again, that's, that's, that's been, I think, uh, overstated. It's always, you know, the press like to latch on to these things. Um, in the U.S., uh, there, there really you know, has, has not been an issue. I think it's been only brought up in a few uh, outlets in places like Germany. I think that was really important, the thing you were saying at the beginning about the, the opt-in that people have. People have the option to share their data or not. And it seems that you're kind of, again, giving people control over, over their information, whether to share it or not. But I think actually the most important thing was the empowerment thing. No, how, drive, how car companies already have so much information on us and you're shining a light on this information and giving it back to us almost. Exactly right, exactly right. You know what's, what's really powerful, for example, is if that check engine light goes off, historically, you know, you've had to, you had no idea how, how, how alarming it was, um, and you could, you know, you would have to go to a mechanic, typically in the US they'll charge you anywhere from 100 to $150 to do an audit, and all they do is they plug in an OBD, usually with a USB to a laptop, they'll run expensive um, diagnostic software, and then they'll tell you, oh, you've got all these problems and this is how much it's going to cost you. Really, most people have zero idea if that is true. What we'll tell you is immediately in real time in, in, in your, on your mobile phone, you know, how critical it is and how much it costs in parts and labor. And we'll tell you precisely what trouble code has been fired so that you, you know, so you don't get told by the mechanic you've got three issues when in fact you've only got one. And although you know, we don't work with a direct quote from the mechanic, we'll tell you directionally what it should be to fix it in parts and labor. Um, and so, you know, that, 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 that empowers the user to not get ripped off. The other thing that we've had is people have requested their data, and this is before we had the ability to do one-click download in the app, which we now have. They, they reached out to us a few months back and said, um, hey, I've got a speeding ticket. I don't believe I was speeding. Can you show me your dash data so I can fight the ticket? And that, that's, you know, we often get asked about privacy and you know, tracking people's data uh, and the concerns about that. It can actually be used to defend your position. Um, and the other thing to be clear about uh, data sharing is that we are uh, you know, at the mercy of the justice system and law enforcement here in the US and, and in Europe in the same way as, a, as Apple or Google or a telephone company. If, if we get subpoenaed for data, we will always fight for the rights of the consumer, but ultimately we are uh, you know, marshaled by the law. Uh, but we would never share that uh, you know, without the subpoena. And Jamin, can you see then as as cars are being connected to this giant network, the internet, as a network becomes embedded into cars, will cars themselves need to be redesigned? Well, I think people are um, 
certainly getting excited about uh, electrical vehicles, about autonomous driving. You know, what I would say, even something like Tesla, which is an amazing company and an amazing product, uh, they've got less than 0.1% of the market here in the U.S. Uh, autonomous vehicles, you know, great on a, on a closed track and a certain limited highways in California and Nevada. Um, and even Google admit it's about 20 years away from mainstream adoption. Um, so in the interim, what we're trying to do is enhance existing cars on the road, both 2015 models, but also models going back 20 years. You know, that's part of our, our, our marketing uh, messaging is we make any car a smart car. Um, and so that, 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 that's great. We work with legacy vehicles and current vehicles. Um, I, I think the bigger change is going to be, frankly, uh, you know, autonomous driving. And that's uh, not, not an area that we're getting you know, involved in. We, we obviously try to add in uh, data and insights and more kind of AI, almost trying to make the, uh, the car like Kit and Knight Rider. Uh, that's, what, that's what we're trying to solve for today. Uh, you know, we don't we don't get involved obviously in the in the, in the design of the vehicles, um, but we are getting closer and closer relationships with the car manufacturers, the the OEMs, uh, and I think that will only that will only uh, um, uh, improve the sort of the overall experience going forward. That's that's fabulous. I can already think of about ten people who be able to use your products and use it um, and get a lot of benefit from it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's available. It's available in the UK. It's available across Europe. We've actually been used by uh, in over 150 countries. We have anywhere from 35 to 40 percent of our users are outside of the US. Um, you know, large territories are the UK, Canada, Australia, Germany. So, um, you know, definitely available. Please, I'd encourage you or anyone listening here to to download it and give it a go. Fantastic. Is there is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that I haven't already covered in the questions? Um, I think I think you've uh, I think we've covered a pretty good range here. You know, I think uh, one thing that's uh, as we look out on the look out on the landscape, it's a very exciting time. A lot of um, not only uh, emerging companies or startups like us, uh, but also large tech companies, financial services companies, as well as the OEMs themselves. Everyone is gunning uh, for, for this space. They're realizing that data and software and uh, it's kind of delightful consumer mobile experiences are becoming more important. Uh, what's been terrific for, for, for us is the validation of demand, uh, the bets that investors have placed on us. Um, you know, we, we, we were looking at our numbers most recently, and we realized that even though some of our competitors have raised more capital from investors, that we have more users than the top five competitors behind us cumulatively. Um, so from that perspective, we're doing something right with our approach, and that, that's been a, a terrific validation. Fantastic. Well, Jamin, um, where can people find out more about you and your work? So we would uh, encourage people to go to, our, go to our website. So it's dash.by, or they can also go to dash.nyc, and that's our website. We're actually in the process of pushing out a new published site this week uh, where people can buy directly uh, the devices from us. Previously, we'd, we'd send them off to Amazon, but now you can buy directly. Um, you get a clear insight on what the functionality is. Uh, we'd love for people to engage on our social channels. So on Twitter, it's at Dash Mobile. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Dash Mobile. And on Tumblr, it's Dash Mobile.tumblr.com. So Dash Mobile is the way that people can find us. Um, it's available on Android and iOS. It's available uh, globally. And uh, we, would, we would love to have you guys on, on the platform. Fabulous. Well, I'm going to make a link to all of these, um, all of these links and references in the show notes. Um, Jamin, you've, you're doing something really fantastic. Um, I wish you all the success with it, and thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. Not at all. My great pleasure. I look forward to, uh, to, to, to hearing more from you guys. Thanks so much for the interest. 
Thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jamie and Edis. The connected car space is incredibly influential. And the idea that internet connectivity, data, opt-in privacy and driver tracking will eventually lead to low, lower insurance premiums, safer and greener driving is such a powerful concept. These are all critical areas for the fledgling connected car ecosystem and for companies entering the Internet of Things marketplace more generally. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment or a five-star rating for us in iTunes or Stitcher because they really help. Stay tuned for some more excellent episodes. We have some fantastic people who will be sharing their insights with you. Also, stay alert for our series of Internet of Things and Business Transformation Conferences, which will be announcing very soon. Until the next time, take care.